Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 241 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Pete Tomei with Travel Boom. Now, as I alluded to last week, we have a very special guest that's going to enlighten us about the independent hotelier and what we can, what they can learn from a major hospitality management company. Now, it's going to be a big show, so let's go ahead and dive in and get this party started. ready to go. I'm super excited today because joining us is the Vice President of Digital Marketing for Remington Hospitality, Mari Berry. Mari, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. So happy to be here. It's a it's a privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, a- absolutely. I was very excited then that we were able to make everything work to, to get you on the show. And, you know, Remington Hospitality, you have well over 200 properties, right? What's your, what's your, oh, we're a little less than that. We're at about 125 and counting, but growing very quickly. So, um, we, we'd love to be at 200. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like it'll take you guys long. I hear a lot yeah. of really, really good things about your, your growth and whatnot. Uh, and you just went through a, a major rebranding, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, right? Yeah, we did. We, um, are now Remington Hospitality, as you mentioned at the beginning, um, and we just transitioned from Remington Hotels. So we really felt like, you know, that renaming um, really helped to be in keeping and, and really um, captured the integrity of who we are because we're so much more than hotels. We, you know, have an amazing, amazing BNF um, team and capabilities. We're expanding and growing into other hospitality ver- verticals, such as wellness travel, glamping, um, resorts, Caribbean and Latin America. So, you know, we really wanted to be true to ourselves and, and really function with the integrity that we are truly a hospitality company. That's exciting. Yeah. And you know, I was so excited to have you have you on just because you know, with having, you know, a ton of properties, you know, having a hundred plus properties that you can kind of see how they work and, and what doesn't work. I feel you're a treasure trove of information that we can pass along to those independent hotels out there who you may have one property, five properties, 10 properties, and those small management groups that can really help with, or could be helped by your, yeah. your wealth of knowledge. Well, happy to, happy to share what, what I can. So, yeah. Now you're the vice president of marketing or digital marketing. So what does that entail on a daily basis? That's got to be a ton of work. Well, it is, but frankly, I have, um, an amazing team, you know, at all, all areas of the organization up, down, side to side. And we all work very closely together to really be the most hospitable, um, company that we can be both internally, you know, amongst ourselves, as well as to, our guests. So, you know, a day to day for me and my team is to really make sure that we are, you know, capturing all the demand that we can through marketing and digital strategies and tactics and really driving that top line revenue so that, you know, we can put those heads in beds and uh, tushes in restaurant seats and um, all of that great stuff so that 
um, our hotels, you know, are, are functioning, operating and, and doing what they do day in and day out and do what they're best at. I love it. And as we get to the meat of the podcast, I hear that you're a little bit of an AI aficionado as you're getting up to speed there. So I, love I am trying too. to be. We are definitely working that angle um, and are, are really looking at a number of different ways that AI can help to, um, you know, create efficiencies, of course, but also to really create um, a leverageable point of difference for Remington and, and how technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning and automation can really set us apart as a, a hospitality management company um, to really harness the power of those technologies. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to love that part of the discussion because I've been trying to wrestle it with it myself here. Yeah. But before we get that underway, now that we got the introductions out of the way, you said that you would be gracious enough to take on the 60 second challenge. Absolutely. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, take a slight pause while we welcome our audiences. And so here we go. All right. So welcome to 60 seconds to success with travel boom and Remington hospitality. I'm Pete Tomato with travel boom. And today we have a very special guest, Mari Berry of Remington hospitality, and she's agreed to get into the hot seat and has just 60 seconds to share a tip or a trick. Now, if you don't know what 60 seconds to success is, it is just that. Imagine yourself in an elevator and you have one minute to share something that's going to revolutionize a fellow hotelier's marketing. So it's not much time. That's just for the tip. And then afterward, we can sit around and talk about it. But do you think you're up for this challenge? I am down for that. Bring it on. All right. So when you hear the, the clock start, that's the 60 second timer. Right. And here we go. All right, 60 seconds. So my advice to a hotelier and, and really the context of our discussion today is all around what it takes to really live and breathe your brand, your brand story, your brand narrative, your brand strategy and positioning, and to really create that leverageable point of difference um, in your marketplace and in our marketplace and how you set yourself up to be a memorable um, differentiator in the space. And really, for me, from a brand and a culture standpoint, it really begins and ends with the associate and it touches all other key stakeholders and, consist and constituents along the way. So if you as a brand or a hotelier um, really live and breathe that culture and you want to pull through your brand, it really starts with the associate. It's engaging with the associate and, and really... Oh, you're fine. You can keep going. <laughs> that was a fast 60 seconds. So really leaning into and leveraging your story and bringing it to life from the perspective of the associate, because once you do that, they will do that for the guest. They will do that through the product. They will do that through the service. And really, again, beginning and ending with the associate is the key to uh, the differentiating success from a brand standpoint. And you know what? I think we kind of, we, did, we didn't set you up for success because that is a phenomenal tip that, that that's, a, that's a 90 seconds to success. And yeah. I, I would have stayed in the elevator and listened. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's a great going point. on a topic like that and I, I'm going to go there. So... I guess your your motto is where passionate people thrive. Is, is motto the right word for it? 
Uh, yeah, you can call it that. Um, we call it a value proposition, or it could be a mantra. It could be our brand ethos. Um, it all sort of means the same thing. So Remington Hospitality is the place where passionate people thrive. And again, as I mentioned before, it really starts and ends at the associate, mm -hmm. right? You've got happy, engaged associates who feel heard, who feel like they also have a voice. And then they deliver on the brand promise through every touch point across every audience. So with engaged associates, you have engaged hotel guests, you have engaged and satisfied hotel owners, you've got engaged and satisfied brand partners and vendors. Um, and really, again, just really beginning and ending with the associate to pull through and really live that culture and that brand is, is the most direct path to success. Oh, I love this so much. So so for the for our LinkedIn viewers and our YouTube listeners who or watchers who are just kind of tuning in for the 60 seconds, they really need to go check out the the full podcast at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast mm -hmm. and check on episode 241. But before we let those folks go, it's such what you're saying sounds phenomenal. It sounds required, I would say. But how do you do that in a world where we're short staffed? We're struggling. You just, obviously you just did a rebranding. What's a tip that we can kind of pass along to the viewers that may might miss if we're doing the audio podcast later? How, how can they implement something like this on on a smaller scale than you have? Well, I mean, it's really not rocket science, right? It's living and breathing and being it day in and day out. Um, so, you know, from an associate standpoint, it's it's talking about it in daily stand-up. It's talking about it and using the right language to a guest at check-in. It's really um, permeating that brand ethos through every guest and associate touch point. Um, so whether it's the way that a guest is greeted um, at the bar or the way that a um, sommelier uh, makes the suggestion for a perfect wine pairing or a um, massage therapist in the spa recommends a specific treatment based on getting to know the guest. It's really engaging and being very intuitive and listening and leaning into um, that guest uh, and, and, and really pulling through whatever that brand ethos is. Interesting. It's, it's very exciting. So, so I, I think that's a phenomenal 60 seconds. So, you know, I, I'd say our audience, you know, if you, what you should be doing is making some notes, understanding that it all starts with the guest. You know, nobody's going to stay at a sign on the wall that says the name of your property. They're going to go to what a true innkeeper delivers an amazing personalized experience and getting everybody on the same page is of paramount importance. So you know, as we're recording this, it's right at halfway through the year. So this is a perfect thing to think about implementing for the remainder of the year. And if not that, putting in some real solid plans for 2024. So, so with that being said, that's going to wrap up 60 seconds to success. Like I said, if you're listening on LinkedIn or YouTube, jump on over to listen to the full podcast at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. This is episode 241. From there, if you want to subscribe on your favorite iTunes app or podcast app. That's fantastic. But either way, check it out. We're going to go ahead and say goodbye to our YouTube and LinkedIn friends. And we're going to go on with the rest of the podcast where we're really going to understand everything that an independent hotelier needs to do 
to survive and thrive in a very, very complex world. All right. Now we got those deadbeats off of our back. We can go and dive into the full fun podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I, I love the 60 seconds. And I think that ties in really well to what our main topic is today, right? So. Good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a super exciting time um, at Remington. Um with our sort of new name. Um, luckily, we really didn't have to rebrand because our branding was RH for Remington Hotels. So we got a little bit lucky there in that we're Remington Hospitality. So our monogram and our logo didn't have to change just out of out of convenience and happenstance, if you will. Um, you know, but again, the the new name um, it really sort of keeps with the integrity of who we are at our core, and that is a true hospitality company. Um, and, you know, conveying through our name all of our capabilities and services and areas of expertise, not just sort of pigeonholed into the, the bubble of just a hotel. So we We've really expanded and, and we're starting to color outside the lines of just hotel management and, and growing into and really embracing who we are as a true hospitality management company with wellness resorts, expanding into Latin America, managing other sort of hospitality assets. So we're, we're super excited uh, to be here. Well, yeah, and I know you had mentioned you guys are looking into, you know, non-traditional glamping and things like that, which has been a, a big topic of conversation. What have you learned from the, like the hotel world that can help you support that side of it? Is it the same guest journey or is it a lot more education on the, on the glamping? Um, it's sort of a common, it's, it's a yes and no sort of situation. Yes. The guest journey can be similar, but there is some education that goes along with it because sometimes if, if, one person hears the term glamping, they might think of it as one thing and somebody else might think of it as someone else. So it's really sort of crafting the narrative around what glamping means. And really to us, what it means is to create really unique lodging experiences that might be outside of the norm of a four wall hotel room. Um, and it's really, you know, largely focused on becoming one and really connecting to the immediate surroundings in a luxurious and upscale kind of way, but also sort of, you know, leaning into those perhaps natural experiences, being more in tuned with the environment around you versus just being in a multi-floor building. Again, like I said, with four walls in your hotel room, there's so much more to experience in a glamping experience. Um, and it's really focused on embracing the idea of being more in tune and more aligned in the natural setting. That's very interesting. I know it, it seems to make a lot of sense from the, the rebranding perspective because we are seeing so much more of the accommodation adjacent type services that are becoming much more valuable. Obviously, dining becomes much more valuable. Your F&B is phenomenal spa services. I mean, glamping is a perfect example. A, a lot of the the markets that I deal with up and down, mainly the East Coast and some on, on the West Coast, they're all struggling with occupancy for the, the traditional hotel. 
you're starting to see Airbnb, VRBO, you know, th- that non-traditional type vacation mm-hmm. kind of pull away from that. So what are some of the things that I guess that, that you guys are seeing that is kind of causing that, or is that why you're going into that glamping side of the business to, to try to provide a more of a full service? So we are, we are in the business of delivering unique hospitality experiences and whether that means um, a wellness experience or a glamping experience or a traditional hotel or a resort experience, we, we believe that we found our sweet spot, if you will, in being able to deliver really amazing guest experiences regardless of the shape of the room, what might be or might not be down the hall or downstairs in the lobby, if there even is a lobby. So, you know, really adapting the the skills, capabilities, and expertise that we've built over time, um, and then sort of reinterpreting it and putting it, putting a fresh spin on that hospitality experience to create those unique new experiences for the evolving traveler. So is it the same traveler? If Is it Pete first stays at a traditional hotel with, with Remington, then I see that you have a glamping uh, service, and then I see you're in? Well, I, I, it, it's interesting that you ask that because, I mean, the customer is changing, right? So with, um, you know, new generations becoming more um, financially able to take and and pay for um, unique travel experiences. Just as generational shifts occur, we too are sort of shifting our mindset in the way that we deliver those travel and lodging experiences. So whether it's specialty lodging or really classic, you know, hotel accommodations, we are adapting with the generational shifts of the modern traveler. Interesting. So that obviously trickles down to your, your different properties. Mm -hmm. How does that impact? So a lot of our listeners are going to be independent hoteliers. How does that impact the Renaissance Renaissance Palm Springs as an example? Mm -hmm. How does that changing consumer impact what we do, you do at that specific property or any of the properties? Yeah. So the Renaissance Palm Springs, um, you know, it, it is part of a major brand, right? So we have those tried and true brand playbooks that we follow and we really embrace and live and breathe. But we also sort of take cues, if you will, from the guest um, to adapt our service delivery, to adapt and evolve our product offerings to create unique experiences at that hotel individually that really um, lean into the desires of the traveler at the time. I'll give you an example at that hotel. I was just there in April um, and it was over Stagecoach Weekend, which is a major music festival and it's all focused on country music, right? Well, the week before was Coachella, which is more more modern um, music festival. And the way that the hotel can adapt and pivot from a week to week basis to really cater to the unique demographics and the unique audiences that are at the hotel from one weekend to the next 
is really a testament to the savvy of any hotelier, whether it's a branded hotel or an independent hotel, and being able to take those cues from the guest to pivot, but also to stay true to your true ethos and your true narrative, but maybe spin it in a way that is a little more catered toward the audience one weekend than the other weekend. So that's a really cool, I kind of have a little list here that says key takeaways. Understanding who that guest is on a week-to-week basis that's staying at your property. So you're keeping the, like you said, the ethos of the property. Okay, mm-hmm. I understand I'm staying at a renaissance. Right. However, this is the Coachella renaissance versus the country it's music. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because I was there for stagecoach weekend and you see, you know, people walking all over the place with their cowboy boots and their, their, you know, um, their hats, their, um, cowboy hats. So, you know, that's one weekend, but then the, the weekend prior, you've got, you know, beautiful glitz and glam and, and, you know, everyone dressed to the nines and really dressed to, you know, to make themselves really um, shine, literally, uh, mm-hmm. during during the Coachella weekend. So how are you able to do that, though, in terms of I'm really busy and I'm looking at my occupancy and I'm relatively full both weekends. But how do I do that from a staff perspective of getting people to say, understand, hey, no, put away the glitz and glam. This is where you're going to put on your cowboy hat yeah. for this week. It all goes to one of Remington's guiding principles. So we have five guiding principles and engaging is one of them. So we try to engage our guest, but even more importantly is engaging the associate being fun, building strong relationships internally, having a strong, open communication. And when I say that, you know, every day during standup, you're going to talk about who the clientele is in the hotel on that weekend or, um, you know, being super respectful of the unique differences between, you know, a stagecoach guest and a guest who's, you know, there on any other, you know, given day or weekend and really creating those service touch points and really crafting and curating the experience in the context of your core values, but really, you know, sort of spinning it in a way that, engages the customer who's there at the time. So I think it really goes back to communicating with the guest. The most critical part, I believe, in in this example is, you know, daily stand-ups, having those morning meetings or the beginning of shift meetings that talks about here's what we've got going on. We're super busy this weekend. Remember who the guest is. Remember what's important to them and deliver on those with the personality uh, and the, the tendencies of the guest at that po- at that moment. And I know you mentioned the, your daily standups multiple times. Tell me a little bit about, about what those are. So those are beginning of shift meetings where the entire, you know, front of house team and back of house team get together, talk about what's happening at the hotel, on, you know, that day. You know, one day it might be you have a major corporate meeting and you've got all these men in suits and ladies in their professional business suits. And then the next day you might have a Coachella or a stagecoach. And it's really 
communicating to the get to the associate who is on property and what's important to those associates so that we're aware and can pivot on the service delivery in the context of the brand. Interesting. So who who's typically running those? Is that going to be the GM? Yeah, normally, normally it's led by um, and really driven by the general manager or the department head if, you know, if it's the beginning of, say, the evening shift, right? But but typically mm-hmm. it is the general manager at the helm or the hotel manager or manager on duty that's really driving that communication process and engagement with the, the line staff across all levels. So that's like the, that's the secret sauce to understanding who that guest is and making sure that your, your housekeeping associates your pool associates and everybody else is on the same page. Yeah, for sure. That's really good. That's really good. I think that's something that I think all hotels have some form or fashion of that. I know, you know, we internally, we have scrums, which so every morning it's a, you know, 15 minute, uh, we call them scrum, but we typically sit down. It sounds like daily stand up is literally, you know, stand up five, five minutes in and out. Yep. That's exactly it. So that, that's fantastic. So, Mm -hmm. But how about from the top down? So you're not in the, ho- the hotel every day. How does Remington Hospitality's message about passionate people and those five principles, how does that translate down to your housekeeping staff or your front yeah. desk? Well, I mean, it's posted everywhere visible in the back of house, right? I mean, we've got um, posters and contests and challenges that that really are all themed across those driving guiding principles um, so that we really live it breathe it remember it every single day at the corporate level from our senior most executive um, and and everyone you know below from a frontline manager to a housekeeper to um, a dishwasher even so all levels of the organization are are trained on and really immersed in that culture at Remington of being the place where passionate people thrive through our five drivers um, and our guiding principles. So you mentioned engaging guests and associates is the number one. So what are some mm-hmm. of the other, actually, if you don't mind sharing, this seems like it's pretty valuable. What are those five principles? And is it something that a independent hotel could try to the best to emulate to create that great culture. Um, So our guiding principles, number one, ethical, um, really acting and operating um, with the highest moral standards and and integrity, right? Um, Number two is around being profitable. Certainly we wouldn't be in business if we weren't. Um, Tenacious, so, you know, identifying a problem and taking charge to solve it or, um, you know, really charging forward to deliver the best service possible in any situation. Um, Innovative, of course, so finding unique new ways of, you know, perhaps solving a problem or delivering on a service that is sort of unique and fresh. And then the last one, again, that I mentioned previously is engaging. So it's really about having fun at work. Um, It's about, you know, being very intentional and open in communication, um, of course, being respectful across you know all audiences, empowering and really serving one another 
as teammates, but also serving our guests. See, see, those are fantastic. Uh, I think it, it's well suited for any hotel to, to dive into that. The one that you mentioned was, I guess it would fall into Tenacious, but mm-hmm. watching a lot of the content on your site, it talked about how your team is empowered down to the, you know, the most entry level person to take the time to solve a customer's mm-hmm. problem, to create that yeah. little, you know, dated, but that surprise and delight and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, to your point, um, we do have the five drivers um, and they're focused, of course, on business metrics. And those are things that we, you know, put a stake in the ground and say, you know, we are committed to delivering um, GOP to our owners and driving and growing our market share, delivering on guest satisfaction. But one of those key drivers, you can't miss the associate. And I keep going back to this throughout our conversation today. So associate empowerment is one of our um, five drivers and what every general manager in our organization, those five areas are what they are bonused on, what they are compensated on. Those are the the framework of their goals um, every year. And so get associate empowerment is one of the top five things that they are measured on and across the organization. Me, even not being a general manager, I have a team of about 12 people and I am also, um, you know, measured on, you know, how, how engaged and empowered my team is. So, you know, these metrics and these goals um, really permit permeate the entire organization. It, it seems like that is a, it's going to keep people on staff. Everyone has a problem with uh, employment right now, finding people to work. Do you find that to be like the differentiator that keeps people from uh, jumping ship and going working at someplace else? We think it is. We think it is. Yeah. Um, and, and we really use, our, our guiding principles and our key, our key drivers as sort of our true north. That is what we focus on and what we really have identified as our top priorities. And we found that when you're really clear in your expectations, you clearly define what success is. People feel empowered um, and generally are, you know, happy with where they are. They know exactly where they stand. They know what they need to do to succeed. And there's no sort of, there's no blur. There's, there's true clarity on what the true North is. And we all rally around it. So Remington, as I mentioned, we are the place where passionate people thrive. And so, you know, at it, at all levels in every role of the organization, that is our mantra. So again, as I mentioned before, if you're a dishwasher, if you're passionate about doing your job to the best of your ability day in and day out, and, and, and you're really thriving and going that extra mile and doing your job with passion and pride, just like our CEO or the president of our company does, it, it, it it's no different between the two. We all are passionate people and we're all looking to thrive. And if we sort of keep that as our true north across all levels of the organization, 
that's when we've really won. I, I like that that direction. Obviously, it, it it keeps the the staff in place, keeps the staff happy. It seems like it's a lot harder to do if you you have a small team and you're just trying to kind of keep keep the doors open. Uh, so, so what are some ways where you can kind of it's instill that down to everybody on the team? Because yeah. you, I know a lot of properties that we see, you know, you got the person who say might be, you know, turning rooms, they, they get there, they're working like crazy and then they're gone. And there's not that relationship with the, with the yeah, ownership. and and that's where the guiding principles come into play, right? When we are focusing on engaging our associates and making them feel respected and heard and like they have a voice, and that you know they are able to contribute in their own way to the success of the company, and they feel like they are a valuable member of the team. They're going to share it with you know, their brother or sister or cousin or friend down the street who might have a same job at a different hotel. And they're going to be like, you need to come over here because, um, you know, we've got these daily standups. The general manager knows me, my, knows me by name. They know about my family. You know, they, it, it's really just engaging with that associate and then continuing to do it on a consistent and making it very much you know, it's not robotic, but it's very much intentional habits mm-hmm. um, and and being really, really genuine in 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 engaging with and, and staying true to those habits. Well, I think genuine is the, is the key word there, mm-hmm. both in talking to your staff. But you know, we always talk about how hotels really have two customers or three, if you want to count like ownership and whatnot. But you have your guest. Right. But mm-hmm. then you also have a customer in your employee Absolutely. because you have to keep them happy to be there. There's other places that they can be. And I think so They're many hoteliers. They're as important as the hotel guests because they deliver the experience. Yeah. And, and you have to be genuine in that, you know, so if, if your message, because I think hotels have always done a really poor job. And I think COVID kind of showed this to a lot of hoteliers where they're all about teamwork. They're all about family. They're all about, you know, serving the guest. And then COVID happened. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. You know, no more free breakfast. I'm jacking up the ADRs. And then there's that disconnect between, hey, you've always told me you're a family-friendly, wonderful place. And then you just do things that are just the complete antithesis of, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, during that time, it was just survival mode, survival, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, being able to keep the doors open and keep you know, paychecks being cut every week um, for the associates that we were able to, um, you know, retain. So, you know, it's, but it's also being really, really honest, open and transparent, even if the news isn't good and it's being very um, empathetic. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, during the COVID timeframe, we have um, the Remington Relief Fund. And, you know, there are situations where we may have associates in very dire personal situations and we all contribute, of course, voluntarily to the Remington Relief Fund. We have fun with it. We have contests and and whatnot to really help feed the fund to really help those associates that are in, you know, need for financial support. 
And so we all sort of lean in just like I would for, you know, my brother or my sister or my cousin or my aunt or my uncle. I mean, we, we all work together for basically a third of our lives. If you, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a typical work day is generally a third of your life. So they become like family. And that's just a great way of showing that level of genuine care, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it comes down to. And, you know, bad things are going to happen. They've happened in the past and they're going to happen again. But it's yeah. you know, how are you as a person, but then as, as a hotelier handling that? I mean, right. it, it's nice if you're if you're the staff and you know, hey, there's problems coming down the road. We're going to do what we can. But at the end of the day, obviously, business is business and you have to what you can. But if you have those things like the relief fund that can kind right. of help people, that's a, that kind of creates a more of the family, less of the employee type. Yeah. Our CEO gave us a challenge um, yesterday. We had a staff meeting and Sloan Dean, our CEO, gave everyone a challenge. So just sort of a little side story. He, um, his, he is a Georgia Tech graduate. Um, and he gave everyone a challenge on September 1st, we have a, um, team spirit day where you wear the Jersey of your favorite college team. And he gave everyone a challenge that on September 1st, if, um, for a, a, a large donation to the Remington relief fund, um, he will wear any sports team, college team, Jersey on that day. So um, I am from Atlanta. Um, I am a University of Georgia football I was going to ask these questions. And (laughs) Georgia and Georgia Tech are sort of um, definite rivals. So a group of us are going together to try to hit that goal of a $1,000 donation to the Remington Relief Fund so that Sloan will wear a University of Georgia football jersey. On oh, our don't, don't, don't make it a football jersey. Don't make it a football jersey. They Any have sort swim of te- they, they have swim. Yeah. They have swim. They have swim teams. They have wrestling teams. There's all kinds yes, of better jerseys have. you can make them. Right. A Georgia, a Georgia jersey, a Georgia yeah. shirt. Yeah. So I mean, oh, I, I know, was thinking like the singlet or a bathing suit. Make yeah. it engaging, um, and and so we have you know fun along the way in supporting a very just cause that we take a lot of pride in and we take very, very seriously in, in taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, that's so refreshing to hear. Yeah. So, so kind of, kind of pivoting from there, mm-hmm. you guys have both independent properties and you have flag properties. Yeah. Being able to see both sides of the accommodations world what are some of the things that you've learned on the the flag side that help the independents and the independents that kind of can kind of help your management of the flags? Yeah. On the branded side for the flagged hotels, right? They they have succeeded and been very successful over the years. And they've really created very strong brand standards, brand processes. And so I think for an independent hotel, it's really, and for our team who, you know, our independent hotel general managers can really look to and, and leverage that process playbook that a lot of the flags offer to, you know, ensure efficiency, to um, leverage best practices for delivering 
guest experiences, to think about adopting new technologies that maybe the, the flags or the major brands have um, developed to really sort of, you know, lean into and learn from the operations prowess of the branded hotels. But then I think conversely for branded hotels, when they, they can learn from independence and really being able to represent their very unique sort of localized personality and interpretation of the brand, right? So a Marriott in the French Quarter of New Orleans is not going to be the same Marriott as the Atlanta Marriott Marquis in downtown Atlanta. The product is largely the same, but the attitude, um, the language, um, the way that they engage with guests, while generally the playbook is the same, there is a localized interpretation or a localized personality that each of those two flagged hotels can really lean into and pull through that they can learn from an independent hotel to really highlight what their leverageable points of difference are and 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 own them and and amplify them that's a really good point i never really thought about that in terms of that independent hotel advantage but you're right so that, that i think we learned a lot about how independents can learn from both you and then from the flag properties as well so one thing that everybody's talking about right now and kind of it's a kind of a wrap up topic is the role that AI is playing in our world. I know I just deployed an email and chat GPT was there to help me with five subject line variants, but yeah. digging deeper to that, what do, what do hotels need to be focused on? Yeah. So, um, there are so many being a part of um, a special research group at Remington on how we can adopt and identify artificial intelligence, machine learning and automations to set Remington apart from the competition. Um, we've done a lot of research and frankly, you know, there's a lot of tools off the shelf tools that are available now. Um, and, and it's interesting because certainly the major brands have built an infrastructure to adopt technology really seamlessly and very easily into systems and processes and operations. And frankly, independent hotels have as well. And in some cases, actually, independent hotels may have more freedom and flexibility to leverage and deploy uh, machine learning and automation. For example, uh, revenue management systems. So, you know, if you're in a brand revenue management platform, the brands have, you know, created parameters and guardrails around what specifically you can do to measure uh, occupancy and really adapt your forecast models and adapt your rate and pricing structure. They, there are bumpers and guardrails within those systems and platforms. Whereas actually on the independent side, those same, you know, revenue management tools um, are actually, there are fewer guardrails and you can really lean into more automation and machine learning on that side than you even can on um, 
the branded side with the, the right tools and technology in place. So that's just one example of mm-hmm. many. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, I know you mentioned that you're on a, a committee to kind of explore what, what AI has, has in store for us. And, and we do the yeah. same thing. Obviously we're a, a technology company, so we're doing the same thing. And yeah. Yeah, the takeaway I have is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know there's some things that well, you try, but. Yeah. And you know, there are so, what we have found is that there are so many tools and resources that are out there to solve so many problems that sometimes you don't even know there's a problem until you research the the solution. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've also found is that, you know, we've got our accounting um function. We've got our legal and risk function. And, you know, every business has an accounting function or some sort of, you know, legal and risk function. And what are some of those um, sort of cross industry solutions that are available that can be adopted even for hotels um, based Mm -hmm. on, you know, common business discipline challenges? So we're looking at a lot of that to really increase efficiency, um, even within like our business functions, not necessarily, you know, guest facing or hotel operations facing technologies, but really business functions and how automation and machine learning can really make us more nimble, effective, um, and, and really give us better work-life balance making us more efficient so that we can get the job done um, more efficiently. And maybe we can focus more time on being strategic um, or focus more time on solving a new problem or focus more time on taking our daughter to lacrosse practice Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just in the, the perspective of a guest experience or operating a hotel, it's really cross-functional from a business standpoint. Yeah. I, I feel, found the same thing as we're doing, you know, our automation and AI research is, is what you kind of just hit on is that it, it gives the human the ability to get more done with the one thing that is actually limited, which is time. Yeah. And, and many argue, um, you know, opponents or skeptics of AI, they argue that it'll, you know, replace humans and it'll, you know, take over jobs that humans perform. But my perspective on AI and automation is that AI is not going to put people out of jobs in today's state. But what it may do is it might make other people who use AI more effective and, and, mm-hmm. you know, creates that differentiator for them. So they know how to use resources. They know how to be more effective. It's not going to put a person out of the job, but a person who uses AI or machine yeah. learning will be probably more valuable to mm-hmm. um, the company than someone who doesn't. Yeah. One of the, the podcasters I like to listen to is Tim Peter. And he has a saying it where it basically goes, AI is not going to take your job smart people who use AI are going to take your job. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I tell you what, for, for an independent hotel, just as, as with, with, a, with a major property management group, being able to better utilize your time and to learn about AI, 
learn about the tools that are at your disposal, it's going to make you a, one, a much better hotelier. But the reality is if you don't, every single other property on your block or in your market is. So you will, I mean, it it goes back to back in the day when you wanted to manage a pay-per-click campaign and you would just go in and just click around Google. You didn't, it didn't have those tools and you were doing okay. It was fine. Now that person would be destroyed yeah with the advanced bidding algorithms and everything else that goes along with it yeah you know a couple of years ago when a lot of that um you know the automation as far as you know paid media bids especially you know on my team i was skeptical at first and then i was like oh you know what the machine's probably smarter than me can probably do a better job here than me and i really need to focus on a, B, and C, and not spending all my time, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on bid optimization. And so you turn the automation on and your results are generally better because they take yep. all the data inputs that a human brain can't really process all that quickly. Um, and, you know, places the, those, those bids and those media placements um, mm-hmm. in a really optimal way. Well, and, and like you said, it, it's things that you don't, it's math. The, yeah. the clues are there, but we're looking at so many things we get distracted. We're playing around with some really cool site optimization software. And it comes up with testing permutations that, not that we couldn't put in place, but we never even thought to put them in I place. Know. I and know. I think that's the crazy part of it all is, uh, and then it can it go farther than that. It's like, okay, I want to find, I want to send this version of the website to somebody who has, you know, engaged with me here, 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 and here, done this, this, and this. And then in that case, I want to show them this particular creative set or whatever it might be. It's, it's incredible. It really is. It is. It's, it's really fascinating and amazing all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think kind of the, kind of my, my last thought of that is it, it democratizes the technology that we're using. This -hmm. stuff used to be capable at a very, you know, enterprise level. It took a lot of people to make it happen. It was incredibly expensive. Now you can, a independent hotelier or a marketer in general can do that exact same thing with literally using $20 a month GPT-4 if they want to, or yeah. all the things that plug into it. I mean, it's, it's so powerful that you kind of need to say, okay, I'm going to spend, in my case, roughly nine to 10 hours working. I'm going to spend one hour of those a day and I'm going to just learn one new automation, one AI technique or one platform and just mm-hmm. understand what's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's and I actually world. use, I use um, ChatGPT and Google Bard, which is yep. another AI platform with Google. I, I oftentimes will, it's sort of in some cases, my new search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a lot, the, the rent, what it renders is a lot more detailed and specific without a lot of the clutter that a search yeah. engine delivers. So, mm-hmm. which that's a subject for a different time because yeah. just talking about it from a, people were always scared. Oh, you know, voice search is going to destroy the search results page. And we're like, no, nobody's going to tell, ask their, I, I can't say the name. I say the robot because otherwise it'll start listening to me. But uh, yeah. nobody's going to ask the robot to 
you know, book a flight. But I will ask ChatGPT, you know, show me the best route from here to, I'm flying to Nashville in a month, between here and there. And I will go through that process. Oh, yeah. So it's going to change some stuff up. Or create, create, I'm going to Jamaica for a week. Give me an itinerary that includes vegan dining options for five days. And it will do it. Yep. It, 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 and we've tested it with multiple markets. And if you're using it, like for say content, you got some work to do, but as mm-hmm. a, a travel planner and just a marketer, it gives you so many thoughts to start right. building out whatever you actually want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's there's amazing. a search, search engine land had a really good article. Uh, it's actually, I, th- I thought it was older, but it was on the 20th where it talks about the, the art of asking GPT disconfirming questions. I don't know if you read the article, but basically it was, you know, what are the five reasons somebody would not want to book on this website? And it kind of, it's such a cool way of asking a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it completely changes it around. Like, oh, well, that's right. I, the, the, my, uh, my primary call to action is below the fold. My, this is this. And there's a million different things by asking the opposite what that you want to get to. And I think that's one of the things yeah. that GPT and yeah. AI is pretty crazy with. Yeah. Disconfirming questions. I like that. I'll have yeah, to do a... some of that on my own. <laughs> yeah. It's a search engine lay, uh, lay an article from the 20th. I'll, I'll look it up. But, uh, well, cool. So this is a really fun conversation. I appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Thanks uh, for having me. So, uh, kind of as we wrap up, uh, it's one of the, the, the poorer questions that an interviewer can ask, but what's something that I didn't ask about that you think is important for the world to know about Remington Hmm. or hotel marketing? Wow. Well, I've talked a lot about Remington. I've hit on our, our five drivers, our guiding principles, our value proposition, our mantra, um, really what our true North is. So I think, you know, from a Remington standpoint, we um, have, have really hit on anything that my CEO would want us to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, what do I want you to know? Um, I think one of the things that we haven't talked about, especially in sort of the marketing space, but, and this really applies to every business and every business vertical, um, is really about content and, and, my advice to any marketer is prioritize your content, making it compelling, accurate, creative, and engaging um, because content is king and, you know, the, the internet is not going away um, mm-hmm. and online vehicles are not going away and, and the metaverse is not going away. And as, you know, things adapt with technology from a marketing standpoint, content won't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, be true to yourself and be focused on and really vigilant on, you know, making sure that you have rich, robust, compelling and engaging content. That's my, that's my soapbox for the week. It's all about content. I tell you what, that's two sixty seconds, two successes in one episode. That's awesome. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's funny. Everyone you want. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's funny because I, I'm always you know harping on. Everybody thinks there's a lot of stuff on the internet, but there's actually one thing on the internet, and that's it. Content. It's content. 
Yeah, it could, mm-hmm. it, it might be written, it might be video, it might be a podcast like we're doing right now, but it all boils down to it is content. Mm-hmm. And if it's AI, the only thing that AI is learning based on is content. Mm-hmm. So if you can nail that part, you know, that's the, that's the cornerstone to do that. And then a lot of stuff falls into place. Yeah, for sure. So, it's way well, easier said than done. Way easier well, said than that's done. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect. So one thing you, you didn't say is if people want to learn more about Remington Hospitality or potentially, you know, about you, where would they go? Uh, they could go to remingtonhospitality.com. They can uh, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, anywhere you uh, shop online. I'm there too. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, so if, if you want to learn more about the everything we talked about today on, on the show, definitely go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 241 and that's going to have the show notes that's going to have links to Remington Hospitality and the articles we talked about today, as well as some of the the main takeaways that we talked about. So it really is something that you want to dive into. Uh, if you want to follow us on for Travel Boom, where LinkedIn is typically the best place at LinkedIn.com slash company slash Travel Boom Marketing, or they can find me as well on LinkedIn at Pete.Demeo. But with that being said, that is the podcast for today. Mari, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It was phenomenal, and we'd love to have you back anytime. Oh, well, thanks. Happy to join. It, it is fun. I love talking about this stuff. It, it, it's, it's good stuff for sure. So. Yes. Well, with that being said, that's the end of the, the podcast for today. But don't worry. We'll be back next week with more tips and tricks to help make your hotel marketing that much more effective. And with that being said, Travel Boom is out. Uh-huh.